It's Friday here on Lockdown NBA, and today we are wondering about 12 players, six each conference. Will they still be on their same team in six years? Lots of two years, lots of stars, lots to get to. And it's Friday, so power rankings are coming on Lockdown NBA. Let's do it. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Lockdown NBA, where you can get the latest and greatest from around the association. Where not much has happened recently, but there's still a lot of interesting stuff to get into on this Friday. I'm Tony East, the host of Lockdown Pacers. He's Adam Arez, one of the hosts of Lockdown Nuggets. And today, we're diving in by looking at some players who could be on the move in the next two years, examining their situations and saying, will they still be with their same team within two years from now. So the start of the 2025-26 season, will they still be with the same franchise? Adam has come up with six players in each conference. I don't think we should beat around the bush or explain it before we get to power rankings at the end. Adam, let's get going on the Eastern Conference. I put you in the position of being the guy that has to have the hot take. You notice that? <laughs> I just I just give the prompts. You're the guy that's trying to trade everybody's favorite players. I think by you making the list of six players, you have come up with the hot takes yeah. by default. I'm just asking questions here, man. I'm just <laughs> asking questions. Um, all right, first guy, the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. Will he be on the 76ers in two years? I think yes. I think yes. I don't know why, but like people keep talking about all these teams circling for him, but he's got enough time left on his deal. He's super max eligible. He just won the MVP. Yeah, they, they could be awful. And like that would be the obvious reason that, that he would request a trade or whatever happens in the NBA these days. His agent will call other teams and tell them to trade for him or whatever works. But I just I just think he'll take the bag and ride with Philly like he has his whole career. Taking the bag is a very strong like argument here. I don't know about the writing with Philly part because I do think that he probably sees, you know, especially James Harden gets traded, but what's the return? Are they really a contender next year? They didn't win it this year with Harden, so can you pull off a move that makes him a contender now? And then you're just talking about one more year. But he's is a guy that has battled injuries. He's not a guy that probably is going to play to be 40 years old. You never know, but he probably won't be. So that super max is probably something he's going to want to get. So two years, yes, but maybe it is a. I mean, do you think he's like a life, a Philly lifer? I only think that because of the thing you just said with the injuries, because his next extension would have to be in two years, and then he'll be under contract till he's like thirty six. And well, given yeah, nobody's injury, ever asked out. Of, nobody's ever signed a max and then asked out right afterwards. That's, well, yeah, but I have like his value could decline so fast because of his size and injury history so he could get it yeah. and then immediately not be <laughs> what what would it take for him to for so your answer is he will be but what would it take for him to not be the hard in return being awful or the sixers this year just being completely garbage and the thing with Mori is like he's good at getting something out of nothing but also like i think you'd be like okay i can totally get a lot for mb now and that won't be the case even in a year because he's a player option in that deal so that also could be a change of heart for Philly themselves. Go, yeah, you know what? It does make sense for us to trade him now. And I think all of those things are true. Um, and then I also just say, you know, Embiid is going to have a unique season next year where the spotlight will be on him and he's sort of like on the clock. And so I do think that there's a, a chance that that kind of implodes for him. Next one, Jalen Brown. What's the second apron that that's going to be the... <laughs> The reason there, I mean, Tatum gets paid next year for sure, right? So then they're 
one of the most expensive teams in the NBA. So they'll have to shed some money. And I guess it could be like Malcolm Brogdon or Derek White or something. But yeah, it just seems like at some point, I mean, they made the finals, but if Tatum and Brown together doesn't work at some point, when do you go, okay, this isn't working. We have to do something else. I, my gut says, yeah, he'll still be in Boston, but that one is tougher just because of the new CBA. Do you think this is a matter of if they win it in the next two years? Yes. If not, no. Because if Boston two years from now does not have a title with Tatum and Brown, I mean, that, that'll have been a decade together. You yeah. know, don't you think at that point it's like, okay, we got to try something different. At what point is like really good all the time, not good enough to your fans, right? Like if they make the conference finals both of the next two years, that's still a great season. It's just contextually you're like, ugh, you know, it's it's so strange thinking of it that way. But uh, I think they'd have to have one like rough flame out. Like if they, if they had lost to Philly in the second round this past season, then I'd answer that differently. But I kind of don't think it matters. They've made the conference finals like four last five years now, right? So I think they're good. I love the idea that being down 3-0 – but being going to a game seven saved it. Like, you know, it wasn't that. It was in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Trey Where's Young. Who? Trey Young. Oh, man. I thought this one would be on here. This one is really tough. Like, the the rumors have already been coming. Like, new yeah. head coach, team kind of stinks. Um, I'll go with no on this one. Maybe Quinn's like if Quinn Snyder comes in and p- implements the stuff and they're still just like a 500 team and they're expensive, like low key and expensive, not that good team. Like I can see them going, you know what? You got to blow it up. You got to change direction. So I'll go no on that one. Do you think that there will be a market that heats up for Trey? Like if, if the rumors are starting to swirl, Trey Young, they're trying to shop him. Is it going to be, is there a bidding war here? I look at what's happening right now, like with Dame. Not that many teams like are dying for point yeah. guards. So. I don't think, I mean, he's younger and stuff. So like the, there'll be some market, but I don't think it'll be like crazy hot. So yeah, the yes and no, uh, it depends on like mid season. I would say no, because every team will have a point guard. It seems like, but in the off season, yeah, probably he's still young enough. I'm going to say yes on this one too. I just, I mean, unless they have a surprise. Yes. Year still on the Hawks or yes. Traded in two years. Yes. I think traded in, in the okay. next two years. So we agree yeah. on okay. all three so yeah. far. So far, um, this yeah. one's kind of fun because it's a little bit different. Zach Levine. Man, this Bulls team reminds me a lot of the Pacers team that I covered that just kept trying the same team with Savonis, Turner, Brogdon, Lavert, Warren, and Depot was yeah. in there at times. And it all looked good and had good names. And at their best, they were the four seed. And at their worst, they were not very good. And eventually, they realized that it just wasn't a group that was cohesive and was injured too much. And the Bulls have had the same thing. I mean, Lonzo's not playing this year, and they had their good stretch where they looked awesome, but uh, they're expensive and injury-prone and not particularly good. Maybe Torrey Craig and Javon Carter are the answers. No. I doubt it. You so know it's I'm not true. With, the, the I'm going to think he's traded in the next two years, but that's not just that's the Bulls' answer. I think they trade a lot of guys in the next two years. But here's the thing, Tony. They don't make trades. <laughs> They don't. they don't they make don't. moves. They just write out their 500. And you know, AK, he's pretty, he's pretty uh, in on his ideas. Yeah, you know, but I don't even out. know if these are AK's ideas. I just think it's an ownership. <laughs> there he has yeah, we can't dip below eight, like just net whatever cost. Um, so I'm going to say no. I just think Zach Levine might be stuck in purgatory, AKA the Chicago Bulls. Um, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, his, I, I think there's no way <laughs> he's with the Cavs. <laughs> His contract's too short. Like they'll they this year they'll feel the pressure if they do poorly. 
because yeah. uh, he'll be uh, he'll have the option and he'll be extension eligible and they can say hey you want this and he'll go no and then yeah it's like every other time that's happened ever they immediately have to field offers or at least think about it and Garland's great and young and Mobley is great and young. Like you can't lose a really good asset for nothing in that situation. So they'll have to think about it. And he, he could in two years from now walk for nothing. If I have my contracts, correct. I so, thought it was even next year, you know, like with, uh, the, let with me look yeah. it up while we're talking, I forget when his option is. I, the thing that's the thing about Cleveland for me is that they are in the uncomfortable spot where I think they're going to be really good, but also have to make a decision that might mean, Hey, we're not going to be as good but it's going to be safer better for us. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Hey, we're going to ride this out, but if we don't win at all, or if we don't, if we underachieve, we, we might be <laughs> SOL. He has, he has two guaranteed years and then the player option. So he okay. presumably will still be a free agent though. In the summer we're talking about for this exercise. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's the other thing too. Like if they have a lot of their, not a lot, but some of their future picks still like decent young stuff. Like if they get a good return for Mitchell and they could turn around and flip everything for another guy with, Garland Mobley, like that's still a good team. So they have options, but feels like if Mitchell turns down any extension or is looking elsewhere, there's no way he's back with the Cavs to me. Unless they have an awesome year this year. Cleveland might be on that perfect timeline where they're going to be ready to really truly compete at the exact moment when every bill is due. And it's like a race between those two things, which where those two things intersect. Because I really like their team and I do think that they might be just like another year or two away. And that's gonna that could be really tough. Uh, last one in the Eastern Conference, and it's the big one. Giannis Attentacumpo. Is he on the Bucks in two years? I can't believe you brought this one up. Okay, my <laughs> predictions for who you would say I was close. You I had no no one knows this, but when Adam was making his list, I guessed who his six would be. I got I went a five for six with Julius Randle in um instead there of Zach go. Levine. Yeah, Giannis. Uh, if if this was before the New York Times story that came out last week, I would have said, "Yeah, he's still in the Bucks. He, yeah. He's gung ho from Milwaukee, and he certainly have signed off on the coaching change, and all his buddies are back." And now I'm like, "Oof, man they uh, they struggled to keep their own guys." And Chris Middleton looked hurt and wobbled last year, and like they won a title and then paid up, but they have not been the most high paying franchise historically. Maybe they don't align with his goals at that point, and he and he, I believe, is the same situation as Mitchell contractually, like. Perhaps he could be a guy that's that's moved in the next two years. So I think it's possible that he is on another team. And I will still say yes, just because of who he is as a person. I think he's still with the Bucks. Oh, you're so optimistic. This is where we differ. Yeah. I think I think this one is a no. I think that Giannis is going to be kind of the story in the NBA for the next two years, year and a oh, half. Good. And I, I cannot think, wait for that. <laughs> and I think it is going to be about his exit from Milwaukee. It just feels like there's some groundwork being laid. You look at the future of the Bucks, and you think, I mean, they could win it next year. It's not they, they, anytime you have Giannis, yeah. you're a contender, and they have great pieces around them. Win healthy, but if they don't, that roster does get older. It does like it, it. It is, I think, a little bit fragile in terms of they could lose a couple pieces that are really integral, or just those players. Brooke Lopez becomes less and less effective with each passing year, and all of a sudden, you know, they're getting beat by play. I mean, he's a really good peace for them and he won't be i mean he is at a point in his career where he should be worse every year by even if it's right. just marginal i just decided i'm going to revise my answer and here is why it has nothing to do with anything you just said or i said here <laughs> in, you could have at in, least pretended to give me credit <laughs> in two years when the summer we're talking about comes drew holiday will be 35 brooke lopez will be 37 and chris middleton you. will be 34 Will any of those guys even be good? 
anymore. I'm I mean, maybe, you. maybe, but like that team could be like, oof, bad. Not that's a stretch. Like, not everybody's going to age out that poorly, but they definitely could not be on the Giannis timeline. That's for sure. And so I will flip my answer slightly to another team, but his character has suggested maybe I'm being being coy. I I think that list I just gave you six players. I mean, honestly, I would set the line at three and a half, probably. I mean, maybe two and a half. Um, but it just goes to show, I mean, there's so much movement in the NBA and it's not unrealistic that six of the biggest stars all could be in trade rumors within the next two seasons. That's how it yeah, works. We didn't, even, we didn't even do Randall or Mikael Bridges or any of the Raptors guys who teeter on that line of maybe as well. I, w- I didn't do Julius Randall because I was trying to keep it to just like stars. <laughs> Knicks fans just clicked <laughs> off. Let's move to the Western <laughs> Conference where there are no Knicks players. But before we do that, I got to talk to Oof, you guys spicy. about FanDuel. NFL season, very close. Starting next weekend, you can get ready for said season with incredible offers from America's number one sports book, and that is FanDuel. Right now, new customers on FanDuel can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's a lot. Plus... All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. It's a great deal. It's a great way to watch the teams that you're betting on. And now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from player props to spreads. Your faves, yay, got them on FanDuel. So go visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season with an offer you will not want to miss on FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here on Lockdown NBA, I'm Tony East with Lockdown Pacers. He's Adam Mares with Lockdown Nuggets. And we're moving to your conference now, the West, to talk about six players. And will they still be with their same team in two years? And you're in charge of the list. So, Adam, give me your six Western Conference players one by one. Let's go. I tried to get a little more creative here, so maybe I'll surprise you. But I'm going to start with Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy. <laughs> Didn't even didn't even hit my radar when I was no. trying to do my predictions. No, wow. but let's let's game theory this out. Well, there I was gonna say they're an interesting team because people talk about the Thunder. They have all these assets and all these awesome right. players, and they do. They're all telling yep. the truth. But you just mentioned something with the Cavs that's gonna apply to them because all their young players are good. That team's gonna be hella expensive in a couple <laughs> of years. And and also just overlap. Like we've seen this with every young team that has a lot of young assets. You think about the Lakers from like eight years ago they had a bunch of really good young players but you think like they're not all going to be the cornerstone player you have to at some point you have to pick and giddy is really good you've got shea gilgis alexander that guy's not getting traded and then you've got lou dort you've got jalen williams and then obviously you know you got giddy i don't think all four of those guys are in the plans and as i'm then on top of that you've got chet and you've got whatever else players they bring in so to me i look at it and i go one of those guys will be the odd man out and Giddy to me is a guy that Shea and Giddy are really, really good. Are they good together? And does that mean you that's what your team is? Is that your number one and your number two? I just don't know. So that's that's why I said in two years, they might have to make the decision of hey, he's the hardened in the situation. We can't have all three. J dub, Chet, Shea, and Giddy is already probably like your whole cap in a couple of years. And that doesn't even include their trillion picks and whatever else right. they have on their team. So that alone makes me think they'll have to decide on one of them. Like Lou Dort, there's no way that he can be included to me just for that reason. Like he's, well, he's Shea, but he's Shea Gilgis Alexander's buddy, like best friend. So there is, and that plays into it a little bit, right? It does hurt Giddy's chances. Yeah. That this, I did not register this. But that's a great one. I'm gonna say no. I now that I think about it, I think there's he's not on the thunder. That is fascinating. And, 
And then imagine in a year and a half's time what you could get for Josh Giddy. I mean, the guy's already a triple right. double machine and a great yeah. player, and you might and be he's able to. 20. He's, 20. he's twenty years old. So uh, I thought that one was interesting. All right, we'll do the obvious wow, one. That was next. interesting. The obvious one next, Anthony Davis. Oh, I can't believe it. Okay, good. I got one of my predictions right. Um, man. Well, the, funnily enough, I'll say he's still with the Lakers. He just extended. Bron could be gone. In fact, I'd probably say he will be, depending on what happens with Bronny and his NBA path. Um, but they, please roll your eyes, but they they might have another star-level player on the team. So Man, no way. If Reeves and Davis are that good, I mean – you're not a championship contender, but you're still good. So. Wait, 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 wait. You just got rid of LeBron because Austin Reeves was no, ready? No, no, I'm not getting rid of LeBron because of Reeves. I'm saying they could keep Davis because Reeves is really effing good, and they're still a good team with both of them. I, I thought you were going to say something like maybe Embiid and Anthony Davis <laughs> creates this new front quarter, Giannis and Anthony Davis. And stuff. But you were said Austin Reeves. And Anthony Davis was the super team you and you and no, not a super team, not a super team. I don't know. No, no. uh, He's good. He, like, like I would assume Austin Reeves make one all-star team, maybe two in his career. Like it's good enough to keep running with Anthony Davis. I would not be surprised if Anthony Davis wasn't on the team. I, I just wouldn't be surprised if LA in the wake of LeBron's departure, should he depart, like just tries to hit the reset and gain some assets yeah. or something and get ready. I just, so I'm going to say, yes, he will be on the team, but I actually think this is like a 51 49, two years. So hard to know. Um, another obvious one for you, Zion Williamson. Ah, uh, yes. I predicted this one would be here. Yeah. This one is really tough for me because what else would the Pelicans do besides just pray he's healthy? Like, Ingram's good, but like not quite the talent level where you're like, okay, Ingram and the rest of the stuff we have, we feel great about that. And like they have a good team. I like the roster the Pelicans have. weren't weren't they like first or second at at New Year's last year in the whole West? <laughs> yes, they were. Why'd you laugh at that? Just, they were. I just like it's like the it's just all how you depend. Uh, it all depends on how you look at it. And it's like weren't they first <laughs> at like December twelfth or something like that? Weren't they the okay? Okay. Like, <laughs> yes, that sounds dumb, but like. That to me is why they would keep him because they know at their best they can be that good. It's like the Bulls were first in the East at New Year's two years ago, and they still have the same freaking team now. (laughs) So it does matter to the organization, I think. Here's the thing, Tony, that I think that this is a make or break year for Zion, not for Zion as a player, for Zion in New Orleans. If they have even the same level of success, just a play in caliber team, I honestly think they probably look at it and say, hey, man, this is all a process. You have to like crawl, walk, run. If we're still crawling this far into it, is this thing running out of runway for us to kind of get this to where we want it to go? So to me, this is a huge make or break. I could see the Pelicans having a great year and being this year's version of last year's Sacramento Kings, where it's like a team that went from out of the playoffs to the three seed. I could see that for New Orleans. Should Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson play a bunch of games and perform at the level that they're capable of? But it, but they haven't done it yet, and if they don't, I just feel like this is the cut the cut the cord year. We'll plant the seed now for the uh, Josh Gideon picks for Zion trade coming. In. Oh man, <laughs> Zion, Chet, and Shea is uh that that was a contender, man. It's I a like gross this. team. It's a gross wow. team. <laughs> That's a wild squad. Um, John Morant. Oh yes, I my predictions are going well again after you threw me off with Giddy. Um, I think he's still with Memphis, but. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's all about his behavior, right? 
Like his contract's long and he's a really good player. Like if he stops being a distraction, I see no reason why the Grizzlies would be like, ah, oh, this isn't working. Like they've been really patient for years. So here's the thing, Tony, because this is all about like game theorying out what could happen for each scenario. What if he does have his act, you know, he gets his act together and, you know, he's no longer in trouble, but he's out 25 games. What if Memphis is 18 and seven? By the time third year in a row of that phenomenon happening, right? at a certain point, they're like, wow, in the hundred games John Morant has missed, they are winning at an 80% clip without <laughs> him. At some point, the sample size is big enough to go, I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, I'm not saying it, but I just do wonder if this Memphis team gets off to a great start. Does that start the weird rumors about John and his value to the team? Maybe so. I mean, they have another all star in Jaron. Desmond Bain is. Probably one Open of the best cover. non one of the best non all stars in the league, right? So they should still be pretty good, right? Like I'd imagine. Like I've actually been pretty surprised when I keep seeing people project the West standings. People knock Memphis from two to like eight or nine. I'm like, okay, yeah, like John Out's gonna knock them down, but like that's ridiculous. Like they're still right. really good. Um, but I I just can't imagine. I think they'd have to have an epic with job playoff flame out to really look at that record without him and think it means something significant to them. I'm just saying it's a very unique You're right, situation. Though. It has happened two years in a row. It has happened two years in a row. And it's a unique situation where you get this 25-game sample size. Are they the story of the NBA through 25 games? And then <laughs> not afterwards. I don't Is know. Bill we'll Simmons going to have to change the A-Week theory to the Morant theory? Is that oh, what's my goodness. Theory? The Morant theory. <laughs> um, next one, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, okay, another easy prediction. I'm on fire. But that means my last one's also going to be wrong. Yeah, this one's funny because th- th- this one cracks me up. Because the second the Timberwolves traded for Gobert, everybody's like, okay, they're going to have to trade Cat to get out of this. <laughs> like yeah. The second that trade happened. Um, I actually think he'll still be with Minnesota, though. Here's why. One, he's good, and I think they'll be a better team this year. But two, this was my take the second Minnesota made the Gobert trade. They were kind of betting on Gobert being good, but they were really betting on Anthony Edwards being so good that they didn't need any of those picks. They don't care about that crap. They already have a young star in the building. And on Team USA, he's proving that they're probably right. So... If he's that good in the NBA this year, like if he can be good enough to get them into the top four or five in the West, maybe win around. No, they don't trade Cat. That's a good team. And they're both young and building together. So the reasons would be that they're stuck and their trade for Gobert was a disaster. But if Ant's so good that he can save their record, they don't need to. They have good players in their team. Yeah. This one, I'm going to say yes. I think one way or another, this ends up with a trade. And Towns just seems like a guy who also might even start to look around a little bit. I just, I just think it is. Although, can, Chuck, I, can Towns, I propose you back a question? Sure. What kind of team would want Carl Towns? I uh, see. I've heard this one a lot. For and by the way, shouts to Carl Anthony Towns with the Dominican Republic. He's balling out right now in the World Cup, carrying that team, really performing well. Um, I think Towns is a classic example of his stock is too low. It's it was appropriately low, I think, for a long time, but now it's to the like questions like this of who would even want him like well he's still a hang, on, hang on i don't mean that no one would want towns i mean what kind of team situationally is like carl towns is the thing we need here's what it is a really good leader and sort of i hate using this phrase but sort of like alpha that can you know get him in line because he's so talented he can be the more talented player as long as he has another guy who is sort of like Honestly, Anthony Edwards, only the older guy, like <laughs> Towns is older than him. So there's this weird thing. But if you get the version of that, but it's, you know, that he could run alongside, but it's a strong leader. I just think that it could work. So 
He's talented. Miami. You have suggested Miami. <laughs> so Miami. Well, yeah, Jimmy <laughs> Butler. I'd love to see what work would happen with Jimmy Butler. Uh, my last one is out of the box. I don't think you had this one on your bingo card. Bradley Beal. <laughs> no, did you I have did not. It? <laughs> I did Bradley not. Beal. I actually had a different Suns player, though. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Um, whew, his deal's pretty long. <laughs> um. I mean, what's the scenario where the answer I think is no? I think he'll still be with the Suns. I mean, they just they they can't do anything else. They've given away everything. They have to just keep trying with this team, right? I mean, you could Bradley Beal could be traded. I mean, the 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 situation is if you go to Phoenix and everybody expects, okay, well, Phoenix has this window of opportunity. If you go in next year and for whatever reason it doesn't add up, these three guys somehow don't add up to the best version and it's clear and you get into a playoff series and you disappoint, then you say, all right, well, let's run it back with different supporting casts. And it's the same result. These three guys just don't add up. That's the scenario where you say, okay, well, we're not trading Booker. He's our guy. Kevin Durant, you know, maybe you look at him and say, well, we know how good he is. Bradley Bill's the piece that you try to move. Yeah. They got him for seconds and swaps. And he still has the no trade clause, so I don't think he'll have any value. <laughs> That's any true, the no trade clause. There you That's go. why I put Durant. I I thought you might say Durant for the for the 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 reason you laid out, but a different player. Man, I like, didn't think about the no trade clause because that certainly complicates yeah, the situation. Right. Okay, so the the switch we had, I had a different Suns player, but I thought you'd include a. It's very obvious, but I thought you'd include a Clipper instead of Giddy because too boring. Heck? Too yeah. boring. That's cut and dry. They lose. Something's going to happen in that team in the next 12 yeah. months. So, yeah. I was trying to be a little creative, even give some of the obvious ones. It's Friday on Lockdown NBA, which means it's time for power rankings. We're power ranking all six divisions in a short little closeout today's show segment. Let's do it. There's six divisions in the NBA. One is awesome. One is crummy. The other four, there's a lot of debate about the rankings of those. It's Friday. We're power ranking the divisions, Adam. I thought the best one was easy. I assume you do too. Well, yeah, but I'm going to start. It's a countdown. So we have to start from the, uh, oh, the oh. worst here. We have I to assume start. countdown would be best to worst. But okay, I see what you're saying. Go we're going to go. We're going to start with the worst one in all of basketball. Also Congratulations to the Southeast Division. <laughs> we have voted you the worst division in basketball. It starts with the powerhouse Miami Heat, who always underperform in the regular season, but sneak up on you in the playoffs. And then it goes, in my opinion, to the Orlando Magic, but most people would probably say the Atlanta Hawks. Those two teams are both, <laughs> it's funny, similar caliber, and we're like, oh, the surging Orlando Magic on the rise. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, the, the lowly Atlanta Hawks. Still, those teams are kind of mid, right? They're pretty average to below average. And then you've got the Wizards and the Hornets at the bottom there that are just two bad teams. Not every division has two bad teams. This one has at least two. This is just based on point differential, Adam. But last year, the Chicago Bulls had a better point differential than every team in this division. No way. <laughs> All five of them. So, wow. Uh, the look, Bulls. The Heat, the Heat, if they get Dame, will be better. <laughs> the Hawks hope they'll be better. This is still the worst division in the NBA pretty easily. But we don't leave the South for the second worst. We just go <laughs> over to the Southwest. All the way to the Memphis Southwest where we have, okay, Memphis is pretty good. Dallas is pretty good. New Orleans is pretty good. Are any of those title favorites? No. Are they contenders? Probably not. They're what I would call fringe contenders, meaning they could 
sneak up on us, but we're not picking them to win the title. And that's the top. The bottom is San Antonio and Houston, two of the worst teams in the basketball. Yes, the Houston made some veteran moves, a little confounding, but nonetheless, they're not a great team. San Antonio, we know, is not even trying to win. So they have two bad teams. Yeah, two teams that'll be below 32 wins to pick a number. Maybe Houston will be a little better than that. I'm sure they hope to be better than that. Uh, your ranking of this division, I think, basically is how good you think New Orleans and Dallas will be. We all know how good Memphis is and what the other two teams will be. So if you think New Orleans is the team that worth their best, yeah, you might think they make it. But other than that, that middle that middle tier has a lot of wobbliness this year. Let's say that. If you had to pick like 10 contenders for the season, I'm not sure you would pick a team from the Southwest. If you I had to pick eight, I don't know if you would I'd pick, pick it. Like, in the 10 for sure. In the 10? Yeah. It's close. If you had to pick only six, though, or only eight, you would definitely – I don't That team, when fully healthy two years ago, was the – they were the best team against the Warriors in the 2022 playoffs, I think. There you go. Um, let's go over now to the Central Division. This is your division here. You got the Milwaukee Bucks. They're phenomenal. You've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, who I think are pretty good. And then you've got two teams that are kind of in the middle there. I love your Pacers. I actually think they're going to be pretty good this year. Chicago is going to be the exact same team. They went 40 and 42. I'm going to go ahead and run that one back for Chicago. And then you got Detroit, a tanking team. So only one, in my opinion, only one true contender, one fringe contender, and then two play-in contenders, I would say. Yeah, the Cavs are the weird one here because in the regular season, they were awesome. Like They kicked a bunch of teams' butt. Their point differential was awesome, but they were terrible in the first round. So how you feel about the divisions, kind of how you feel about them. And the other one, you said the Pacers' ascent, who... They've got all the pieces. It all makes sense, but they were also pretty good in close games last year and have a lot of young guys. So uh, we'll see how much they can actually ascend next year. But there's a chance that division is in the Southwest tier, but there's also a chance they move up to our next divisions tier. Yeah, the next one is the Northwest division. And I think Central and Northwest are kind of tied. I mean, you could have easily tied these two. You've got the Denver Nuggets, reigning NBA champs. You've got... Three teams that I think are all good, two of which I think will be in the playoffs this year, Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder. The Timberwolves were without towns for most of, you know, a large portion of the year last year, still got to 42 wins. I expect them to be a 45, 46, maybe even 47 win team. And then Oklahoma City, I just feel like they're a sleeping giant. I think that they might be a very good team this year. Uh, A real chance to not just make the playoffs, but maybe even win a round in the playoffs. And then Utah, we know that they're a good, bad team. They're they're not a good team, but they're a good, bad team. Portland is the one outlier. I mean, who knows what's going on with them, but they're they're the one bad team in that division. Same still on the Blazers. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> the Jazz have an all-star. For a crappy team, they're good. Um, yeah, this team's funny enough. Like, the Central parallels perfectly with Nuggets, Bucks, and Wolves, Bulls, and Thunder Pacers, and the bottom. Um, <laughs> listen. Uh, just a real quick note on the Thunder. I think the Thunder will be really, really, really effing good in a few years. I'm not as high on them as everybody else this year because a lot of the argument is Chet's going to help them so much. Chet's going to be so good. And I think, I love Chet. I, I had him second on my board that year. He's a rookie. He's Tony. a rookie. Rookies are bad. Rookies Tony. are not good. Stop. It's not about Chet, although I do think he's going to be very good as a redshirt rookie, which is a little different than a regular rookie. It's a little different, but I think he's going to be very good. But you're missing the point. They have one of the guys. 
Yeah. There's only so many guys out there. They have one of them, and he's already there. He was there for him last year. I just think your floor with Shea Gilgis Alexander is about 40 wins. You said it. You they know, had him last year. And they won 40. Like, like how are they going to be way better? Is Jay First of all, how many did they way win? Better? How many did they win? 40 on the dot. They got Josh Giddy, who's, tw- again, as you mentioned, 20 years old. He's <laughs> yeah, a year be better. better. Dale Williams, he's a year better. They do have Chet, who I think will be better than what they had. Which was not much in their front court last in, year. In I, two years, our exercise from earlier, I think they'll be one of the best teams in the West. This coming year, I still think they're probably like in the forty-five-ish. I'm range. buying. I'm buying your Oklahoma City stock. Right. I'm buying it for pennies too. You're, you, you showed your hand. You're selling it for too cheap. <laughs> All right, I'm we got a really good uh, negotiator. That's for sure. A bunch of two Midwest guys, and we're gonna go just go coastal, coastal market bias here. Second best division, and we're going with the Atlantic. You got the Celtics, they're true contenders. You got Philadelphia, who has the reigning MVP, even if they're not contenders. And then you've got the Knicks, the Nets, and the Raptors. All of not a single bad team. None of those teams are bad. The worst of them is a 41-win Raptors team who's a little bit in limbo. They might become bad but over the course of the season if they kind of blow it up. But they've just got all good teams. Yeah, the, again, their worst team went 500. All five of their teams were playing after the regular season. Raptors obviously didn't make the playoffs, but it's a good division, and I see no reason any of those teams will be significantly worse than last year. They had three teams make the second round. I think that's the most in the league. Uh, the Pacific, who we'll get to mm-hmm. in a second, because everybody knows now, also I think did. But like they're good. They're they're competitive. They have a title contender. They have a team that thinks they're a title contender but hasn't made it out of the second round, and some <laughs> pummeling regular season teams. And all of them had a positive point differential, which says something. Like the Raptors, I should have used there the Raptors. Go. The Raptors had a better point differential than anyone in the Southeast last year. Wow. Too. Wow, that's a that's poor Southeast. Just, <laughs> just embarrassing. And then you mentioned that the number one division is the Pacific Division. They've got, I would say, do they? Yeah, they have title contenders in the Phoenix Suns. Yep. And I guess I'll throw ahead. I'll go ahead and throw the Warriors and Lakers and Clippers into that. And you know what? The Kings <laughs> are there as fringe. All of these teams can be at minimum a fringe title contender. And we can debate how many are true contenders. But they're all good team. Not a bad team in that entire mix. Yeah, like part of the struggle of those teams, like winning a race to get a good seed, is they have to play each other four yeah. times. And it's a really hard division. Yeah, they all four made the playoffs. Or all five, excuse me, made the playoffs last year. Three of them made the second round. The Kings were one game away. We were one game away from the entire West semifinals being the Pacific. <laughs> oh, no, the Nuggets stuff. But three of the four teams being from the Pacific, like really, really loaded division and... Like any, you could tell me any of these five teams win it, and I'd go, yeah, ah, okay, makes sense. Makes sense. That's, what I was, that's what I was gonna ask you. The Kings won it last year, so if I told you the Kings win it this year, you wouldn't be surprised. If I told you the Suns win it, well, they're the favorites to win it, so you wouldn't be surprised. If I told you the Warriors would win it, well, we've seen that story before, even recently, so you wouldn't be surprised. The Lakers, of course, another team that's capable of, of winning big. The Clippers might be the team that if you told me they won the division, I'm most surprised. And that's just because I don't know if they have it in the regular season, but we know they're a talented team. Uh, and they, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me the Clippers have the number one record in the Pacific next year. So that's a division where all five teams are good and all five teams are capable of winning it. The opposite of the, the Southeast. Yeah. <laughs> That is it for today's show. Back on Monday, Jackson Gatlin with the hosts of the biggest stories around the league here unlocked on NBA. Some signings happened. If you want to go check out the local team shows to hear more about uh, those to wrap up August and many more, 
shows can help you get your basketball fix here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for listening to us here on Lockdown NBA. Have a great one. We'll see you soon. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.